Hello, and in this episode, 177 Nations of Tasmania has travelled about 50 minutes south of Hobart to the beautiful township of Signet, where I'm here to meet Paula from Argentina and hear about how a backpacking trip to Europe and meeting an Aussie guy in the process led to her unexpectedly ending up settling in Australia. So, let's get into it. So, I'm from Argentina and I grew up in Buenos Aires. Very much as a city girl. And what sort? Of, what was the environment like where you grew up? I lived in a house with my mum and dad and three siblings. So it was always busy. It was always full of kids. We went to school really close. So I kind of remember my childhood as a time where I could walk down the street by myself. It's something that I couldn't do in Argentina now with my children. So I kind of feel like I've seen a very different city, I guess, than what it is now. And I guess that's one of the things I like about the contrast with Australia because I feel like I can still do that here. What was it like going to school in Buenos Aires? What kind of school did you go to? Well, I went to a Catholic school and it took me a lot of years to get rid of all the fears and the influences that I wasn't really aligned with but didn't know at the time. But besides that, I went to a local school, so every time I went to the shops and stuff, like I used to see people that I knew all the time, and I still do actually when I go back to visit. I see a lot of people that I grew up with. A lot of them have moved on. It's not the same. But it was very much the local school, very middle of the road, so there were people from all walks of life. It wasn't, it wasn't a, it was a subsidized Catholic school so it wasn't an expensive school by any means and and so we had people that had very different realities and I translated that into what I want to give my kids as an experience like I never wanted them to go to um, a school where they only get access to a narrow bracket of of people but in general in my school most parents were professionals or educated I had you know it was a rich community with good sort of general culture and most people did other activities like I studied English which became really handy (laughs) the second part of my life did lots of sport I've always been really really interested in, in sport did just about everything, but my my main sport when I was growing up was artistic skating. And in fact, that's something that I'm now going back to and teaching my kids. And it's just really nice to be able to skate here. It's coming back. My my sport that was once seen at really marginal, only a few people. Now you can't get skates. They're sold out. It's really good. And so, when did you leave Argentina? Actually. I finished uni and within a month of my last exam, I was on a plane to Europe and my my big trip had been planned for a very long time. I've been saving, I think, since I was 14 or 15 to go overseas. I always had that vision and um, then I didn't really leave to go to Australia. I, I left to go to Europe and to have an experience there and I had studied a lot of history of art and architecture. I've done a design degree and also I had a lot of those, those subjects at, in high school as well. So I was very curious about the old world mm-hmm. but never thought I would end up in Australia. Yeah. I was traveling with a friend of mine at the time from uni and I saw this guy and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> we were We were in a youth hostel and I just 
yeah, I just felt this curiosity for this guy. And then that, that week in that youth hostel allowed me to get to know him. And then we walked the Camino, the Santiago, together. Okay. And that was a big turning point in my life. I didn't know that I was signing up to move to Australia and marry an Aussie guy. And from there, just, yeah, had um, also I think it was a turning point for me in terms of my interest for my outdoor life because mm. I had never done anything like that. We walked 500 kilometers and did a lot of stuff together that I never have done before. Mm. I grew up very much as a city girl with, oh, you should have seen our camping trips. <laughs> compared to what I do now. So yeah, that was I think that was the big the big turning point in my life where I walked the Camino. It had so many different meanings for me, not just from an outdoor adventure perspective, but just connecting with myself, meeting Nick, getting to know him, the whole community behind that hike. Even the religious and medieval aspect of it, the historical aspects of it, it really was like a massive self discovery mm. journey for me. Yeah. Mm. So what was, it, what was it then like for you to come to Australia for the first time? It was exciting. I came here not thinking that I was changing my life. I was thinking that I was coming here just to explore this guy that I fell in love with and I guess it just suited my adventurous spirit to be in a place that was totally unexpected but I didn't really have a preconceived idea of what I was going to find. Um, so I landed here and I immediately, by chance, when I was doing my immigration papers, met someone from Uruguay who linked me to this massive Latin American community in Perth and I started doing events with them and dancing and organizing street parades and met a lot of friends. We used to organize big parties. I felt really proud of my culture but I think in a way I wasn't really ready to let it go as well. Like I just I was craving a lot of that and we would get together and have meals that were all you know Argentinian or Brazilian or Peruvian or whatever because it was a Latin American group not just Argentinians. But I didn't really have a pre conceived idea of Australia you know mm -hmm. I think at the beginning I wasn't really trying to replicate my life over there but I also was I was kind of on holidays in a nice place and finding everything that resonated with Latin American and so those things you're talking about or that dancing food were those things that you, you you did a lot in Argentina yes yeah, I think we, yeah, yeah. But you, you crave it even more when you yeah. don't have it. You know, you take it for granted when you're in your country and then when you move to another country where nobody dances or, or people believe that you have to be drunk to dance, it's like... <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> so yeah, while I, I did a lot of that in Argentina, I think I never organized a street parade or I never organized a party that was deliberately, you know, showcasing culture. Over there, it just happens more organically, I think. You miss it. And I think for me, there's, there's definitely been a time where I was a little bit dwelling on what I didn't have. And then I've met a lot of Argentinian people who would like complain about the costs of buying dulce de leche, which is something that over there is totally it's like cheese to the French you know mm -hmm. or or sherva mate which is a drink that we drink and share and it's just as much a dream as a drink as it is a, a ritual for us and again when you're there you take it for granted because absolutely everyone who is drinking mate would offer you a mate and here it's not something that you find but then quickly I realized that I didn't want to be that soaking person that's that's crying for not having my Argentinian things that I grew up with not that I not that I don't miss them but I just didn't want to be you know just crying for what I don't have I wanted and immediately I embraced a lot more what Australia had to offer I think which really suits me 
we bought our first house in Perth and then we found this house that we both really like and it was, you know, it needed to be renovated but it had a bit of a backyard, you know, like it was kind of like the second house. It wasn't as crappy as the first one, I guess. And we put an offer in this house and it got approved and we're all really excited and then Nick's work, which was the same company that brought us to Australia in the first place, offered him a job in Sydney. The, the birth office was getting a bit small for his role. And so we suddenly decided that whilst we reluctantly had said, no, we don't want to go to the big smoke, we, we've been reluctant to take in that role for a while. Then we thought, oh, maybe it's just the next adventure, you know. And so we moved to Sydney. That was 2004. So how did you end up being in Tasmania? So the short story is I've been to Tassie six times before I moved here and every time that there's been a familiarity and a desire to call this home and and my husband knew it, like he even brought me here for a birthday surprise and I guess I've always been the challenger in the family. Nick has always been quite happy to, you know, keep working at the big corporate he was working for or keep renovating the house in Sydney or and I would say, no, no, let's pack up and, you know, go travelling the world for two years or let's pack up and move to Tassie or you know everything has always been a little bit that I challenge and he's happy to but so we in 2017 we decided to go around Australia and we came to Tassie first so we drove straight from Sydney to Tassie and we found this beautiful school in Nichols Rivulet which was very aligned with a lot of the education principles that we have been seeking and we have been visiting a lot of schools both in Argentina or Latin America and Europe and here and this one seemed to tick all the boxes and it was very community driven and it had a Spanish teacher so on top of all the education principles that were aligned with us they also had a few things that felt a bit like a, like a calling you know you don't really find many Australian schools with a Spanish teacher in staff full time and so we finished our trip around Australia and we moved down to Signet. So was that, did it feel like a big step to do that or was it just a natural thing? For me, it felt really natural, or at least it felt it felt like something I really wanted to to do. But more than that, I think I just couldn't see ourselves going back to a house in Sydney. You know, after a big trip and after having the kids with us for two years and after lots of really good challenges, cycling, hiking, and and really enjoying time as a family, I just couldn't see us back to normal life. You know, maybe even going back to Sydney to another house, but we loved our house in Sydney, so. I think the move to Tassie was more a thing of like, well, now we need to make some changes to accommodate what we learned, not go back to same old, same old. And yeah, it felt really natural to me. So was there a deciding factor that sort of helped you say this, yeah, we've got to, we've, we have to move here? The school, very much the school. Yeah, the community. We came down, we were, we were camping up north just at the end of our time in Tassie, which we had extended multiple times because I didn't want to go. And we thought, oh, well, if we're really serious about moving here, we might as well go back and check Signet because we had been to the school, but we hadn't actually been in the town. And everybody we met here had this, was very community focused and had this attitude of, I don't know, it was like having time for us. If you try and talk to someone in in Sydney that you haven't made an appointment with, you'll get five minutes and then the phone will ring or they'll have another meeting or there was just this beautiful sense of 
you know, we went down to talk to Amber, the local real estate agent, and she said, look, I'm busy right now, but why don't you come back this afternoon? And we thought, oh, you know, this would just be a quick chat. And she sat with us and told us all about the area and asked a lot of questions about who we were and, you know, and then followed up saying like she thought we were a good fit for the town. Same happened with a few of the other shops where we just went in to Curious just to see who was running those shops and half an hour later and customers waiting, these people were really paying attention to us. And it kind of felt a bit like we feel sometimes when we go to New Zealand that you're stepping back in time. You know, it was just that lovely feeling that there are places in the world where people are not rushing all the time. And that just felt really good. So we turned instant farmers and bought a property five case out of the township of Signet on the way to Humeville. And we're up on a hill. So for me, one of the priorities was to find a property that didn't receive water from another property because I didn't want contaminated water running through our land. So um, we were so lucky to find a straw bale house that was being sold by the previous owner and who we kind of mutually chose each other. So it, it, it was one of those really feel-good purchases where they wanted to sell it to us. We wanted to buy this place. So we're just sitting up on a hill looking at the valley and um, enjoying the serenity even though it's a, quite a windy day. I think if there's one thing about Signet is that you get a view where Whatever you look, and I enjoy that very much. Well, you've made, talked a little bit about the community here and how things are a lot more laid back. So you've been here how long? Two and a half. Yep. January 18, we moved here. I think one of the really nice things about Signet is that people come here with a lot of intention for community. So I don't think it's that it's a random thing that I feel like I found a really good aligned tribe to myself. I also always had the vision of setting ourselves up as a mini community. So we we one of the reasons why we bought this land is because it had a few households or potential for development of a few households. So we already live with friends and we garden together and we we do things as a community. We have a community dinner every week and that, that's what I was seeking. I also think one of the things that I wasn't aware of at the time, but it worked really well for me now, is that often when I went to a new place in, in Australia, I found I always found really good friends and people very open to us and open to my culture and, and really welcome everywhere. But people kind of have their long-term friends and they've got the they've got their community. And so, you know, I often felt like I was missing that really close sisterhood, which I think because Signet is a place that has really reinvented itself, like in the last few years, a lot of people moved here for that reason, to find that community. And so I now can see how there's been a few souls like me that just wanted to connect with people. And because I left my country so many years ago, you know, my really good friends are over there, but I don't relate to them the same way. So that everyday sharing with really close friends was tough. And now I, I really feel like this, you know, there's four or five people in this town that I choose and that they choose to be with us and and we look after each other and and we're in constant community you know and that's to me that's just priceless I don't think I think I'll keep venturing the world and I keep traveling a lot and well right now I feel very at home with COVID I'm happy here but I do feel like this is a place that I always come back to. Now you've lived in Australia for quite a while in Tasmania for a little while. What do you think are some of the biggest differences that, between the culture here and 
Argentine culture? How much time have you got? <laughs> I think one of the biggest differences is that sadly Argentina has had a lot of political issues and insecurity. And so from a people perspective, you tend to have a default setting that is to not trust people. You know, when you talk to someone on the street, you're aware because you're about to get burgled or you're about to, you know, be, be yeah, be taught to do something or you're about to be kidnapped or whatever. And I mean, it's not that crime is that high, but, you know, you just your default is that you won't trust people that you don't know. While something that I struggle with a lot at the beginning because, you know, when my Aussie husband will go, oh, yeah, that should be right. No, he's taking it. He said he's bringing it back. And I'm like, no way. You know, for me, that that mentality that is so opposite, that here by default you trust people unless they prove you to be dodgy or wrong or do the wrong thing by you. Obviously, I do believe that if you had a way to measure there will be a lot more scammers and crime in Argentina probably the result of not having a social system as good as here where people generally need money go out and steal from other people which is not something I'm proud of but it's the reality you know a lot of people in Argentina now live in fear whilst I feel for me it's been such a, a beautiful thing to be able to come home at two in the morning from skating or dancing and not feel that I have to have a gun in my pocket or which I never would have but you know that feeling of it's okay for a small built female to come home in a miniskirt late at night and I don't feel that there'll be someone waiting to do something to me because it's this default thing that you can trust people and that's you know not that nothing ever happens but in general you're safe for me that's invaluable I get anxiety when I go there and it's not really a picture that I like to paint for people because there's a lot of wonderful things in Argentina and you know like all my people are victims of that like I don't know anyone that steals for a living but unfortunately that is there and and I think some tourists experience it and certainly for me like I was robbed at gunpoint twice inside a house where you feel like you're totally at the mercy of this person that is under the influence of horrible drugs who tells you openly that he doesn't care if he gets caught or whatever and that if you move, he's going to shoot you. And so I often say to my husband, oh, you know, we should just lock the door at night or something. And he goes, no, you're not going to get a person with a gun here, you know. I'm 20 years here and I'm getting better at it, but it's just, it's hard to reconcile because yeah. how can the reality be so different? Yeah. I think that is the single biggest difference for me because that was a source of massive anxiety for me. Then there's a lot of cultural things that are really beautiful over there, like this thing of people being, you know, happy to dance, happy to, I think they share more in a way. I think we are very um, individually uh, focused in Australia in a bit, in a way, um, which is something that I'm trying to change at least in our life. And I want my kids to grow up in a different, not more, not necessarily more Latin American, but just more community driven kind of upbringing. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to focus the only difference in, in that negativity, but that is one of the things. Culturally, I think maybe Australia is a bit younger and um, and I'm not sure how much Australia has embraced. Like I think the Aboriginal culture here is absolutely beautiful, fascinating and really interesting, um, yet I'm not sure. I think there is a bit of a swift uh, switch now t towards uh, embracing that Aboriginal um, culture, but I think in our countries perhaps um, you know, we have influence from Italy and Spain and France and 
you can really see that in 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 the way a lot of families operate and and the food we eat and all that sort of stuff. Whilst Australia, I think, is more of a combination of you know Australian culture is really that that diversity of other cultures. Yeah, there's this duality that you live with, you know, because I don't really belong over there, but I I belong here at heart, but if I don't belong here, if you know what I mean, like people who grew up here and and know this place and 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 were born here belong here. You know, I came here and I make it belong and I you know, I'm only just now reconciling after twenty years out of my country. That you know, home is with your when your heart where your heart is, and and that I can make this home. But I feel like I'm still working on making it home. I want to ask you what you think it means to belong. How do you know you belong to a place? How do you know if you belong? What a good question. I think it's just a feeling, you know. And I don't even think it has to be by anyone else's filter. I think it's when you feel, and that's why I'm saying that I'm, I feel like I've still got a bit more work to do because whilst I don't dwell on what I had in Argentina and I got very clear that I don't want to live in Argentina anymore, I think there are things that I will always miss, you know, and so it's reconciling that you live in a new place and in order for you to belong, you need to let go of those things and embrace totally what you have here, which is, I think it's a really positive process that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And certainly since I came to Tassie, I feel it's been a lot easier. And is there been anything, you, obviously you had done quite a bit of research before you came to Tasmania, so you sort of knew what to expect to a large degree, I guess. But was there anything in actually coming down to make a life here and settle down. Was there anything that has surprised you or has been unexpected? I didn't actually do a lot of research. Uh, it was a bit the opposite. I was craving wilderness. And for me, Tasmania is kind of like a small version of Patagonia. Okay. You know, and so mountains and lakes and rivers and places that are not inhabited were just... Um, and so there was actually this... There wasn't much that I was expecting because I didn't know what to expect. But you've been here before that. I had been here before. I had traveled. I had cycled from the top to bottom. I had cycled the East Coast. I had walked the Overland Track and a few other um, walks. I had been to, you know, taste and I had been to receive the yachts and the Sydney to Hobart. I, I had experienced a lot of Tasmania in my multiple trips I always enjoyed the sort of raw produce, you know, like buying apples from the side of the road every trip I've been to. But I really wasn't expecting – I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Okay. Never. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to become my place. I remember talking to my sister about a year ago, being overwhelmed, going, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, it's, this is a massive shift for the whole family and I – and my, my son kept saying, oh, but one day we'll go back to, to our home in Sydney. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? And she said, well, you've always changed whatever you wanted. So, you know, if you don't belong there, you'll just go somewhere else. And this was only about a year ago. And now I think about that conversation. I think, why would I want to go anywhere else? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like this place has just surprised me from so many levels. If you were to give advice to, let's make, say, anyone from Argentina or South America who was thinking of settling in Tasmania, what, what advice Ooh, okay. would you give? Um, what would they need to know, do you think? I think you really have to, this is, this is quite different in terms of the life, especially if you come from a city in, in Latin America, that my advice would be, would be to really be open-minded and embrace what's here, um, but to try and keep your own self as intact as possible. Like I think this is a place... Well, at least this town, I know that maybe not every town um, is is as welcoming of foreigners as this one, but um, I kind of feel like there's really a place here for people who come from overseas. And so I have in my life in Australia met a lot of people that unfortunately don't have the welcoming that I've had, perhaps from other cultures as well. And so... I feel like here people would value your diversity and what you have to bring and your culture. And and so my advice would be to be open to what this place has to offer and feel like you can contribute from who you are and, you know, to try and leave behind that duality as much as possible. Um, and I guess from a an everyday living here perspective to not dwell on not being able to buy dulce leche or, you know, um, there's just so many wonderful things here to to eat and to experience, but they're not Argentinian, you know, uh, or they're not from wherever people are. So that would be my advice because I've met a lot of very negative people just yeah. sort of living here but living somewhere else and, and finding that it's – never enough I think my journey is like I'm finally feeling like I found the place that it's enough and that I am enough as who I am you know and and what I bring you know my skills in 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 skating are really quite welcome here and and you know when I um run a couple of dancing classes people want more you know and and it's it's a good thing it's, it's not like you have to hide because you're different. Yeah. That's how I feel, and that's why I feel so comfortable with this place. It's a great way to end, I think. It's, uh, mm -hmm. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Great. That's a great way to end, I think. It's, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.